0: common mistakes in marketing, visit ZimmerCommunications.com, your marketing resource in Southwest Missouri.
1: You nothing but a
0: News, analysis, and opinion. It's the Elijah Har Show on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO.
1: Well, they said you was high
0: Welcome back. We've got a brand new United States Speaker of the House. And, Joelle, you have got ten things that everybody should know about this cat.
1: Yeah. It's super interesting. So, I didn't really know anything about him, which was kind of embarrassing to me. But he got to the house after I left. Um, So, But he was... I worked at the Republican Study Committee when Mike Pence was the chairman. And so Mike Johnson has also been the chairman. And I thought, well, I gotta, I gotta learn, I gotta learn about this guy. So I watched his swearing in speech. He gets sworn in. He gives like a 10 minute speech. And I decided to make notes about what I was, it was like, it was a really good speech, which is, you know, I've been listening to these speeches for 25 years. So. It's um, kind of hard to impress me, but I enjoyed his speech, and I learned a lot about him, and I thought I would share that with all of you. So um, he is from Shreveport, Louisiana. His mother gave birth to him when she was only 17 years old, and he was the first person in his family to graduate from college. When he was 12 years old, his mother is still alive, by the way, when he was 12 years old, his father, who was the deputy fire chief of the Shreveport uh, Fire Department, was severely burned in an explosion at work. So he was severely burned and disabled in the line of duty. And Johnson talked about his dad and how he lived in pain basically his whole life. Um, and unfortunately, his father passed away from cancer three days before Mike was elected to Congress. So I think he ran in 2016 and was sworn in in 2017. So, um, his, his father passed away three days before he, he won his election, which was really sad. And then he told a story about when you're a freshman, one of the things that you could do is you go work on the dais. So you are presiding speaker for a day or an hour. And you think it's kind of cool at the time, but what you don't realize is it's not that great of a job. And they're just, it's a job for freshmen. But he, he told a story of when he was up there, he looked up and if you've never been in the chamber, in the house chamber, there's, you know, there's the floor where the members are and then there's the upper gallery and the galleries where media hang out and where visitors can come and watch the proceedings. But all the way around on the front part of the balcony, there's these cameo, these, these pictures of famous lawmakers. And of course, the greatest lawmaker of all time is Moses, and so when you like the greatest lawgiver of all time, so when you're standing at the dais looking out, you're directly across from Moses. So he said, "You know, here he is working, working the microphone, listening to somebody's speech." But he kind of got caught up in the moment because he was brand new to the house, and he and he looks up and there's Moses, and he said he he got teary and very emotional, and he's like, you know, if anyone was watching C-SPAN that day, um, it wasn't the speech that was making me cry. He was just sort of caught up in the moment of uh, being in Congress. But, um, okay, what else? We've done one, two, three. We've done three so far. Johnson's wife's name is Kelly. He said in his speech she spent the last two weeks on her knees praying, and the election happened so fast that she could not get a flight to D.C., so she was not able to be there. They have five children Michael, Hannah, Abby, Jack, and Will. And uh, one thing that was very clear in his speech, he is not afraid to talk about his faith. He is an evangelical Christian. He said, you know, I don't believe in coincidences, and I believe that God ordains government and leadership and each person that serves in leadership. And in fact, um, you know, he was interviewed on Fox, and someone said, you know, they were asking him some questions about his worldview and different views, and he said, you want to know my worldview, go pick up a Bible. He said, "There's um, I'm a Bible-believing Christian, and somebody asked me today, people are curious, what does Mike Johnson think about any issue under the sun? He said, my answer is, go pick up a Bible off your shelf and read it. That's my worldview. That's what I believe, and I'm making no apologies for it. And he did add, it's my personal worldview, and I don't expect everyone else to have the same view. But you want to know how I feel about an issue, go read your Bible, which is a fantastic answer and hard to find these days. It's not hard to find people who talk about Christianity or say they believe in God um, who are involved in politics, but to find somebody that's willing to sort of go beyond the one line and say, oh, yeah, I go to church or I go to First Baptist or something like that. But for somebody who's clearly made this part of his um, you know, who he is and how he approaches his life. I thought that was pretty interesting part of his speech. He went on to talk about um, the Declaration of Independence, and he said in his speech, he said, you know, I wish that students were still required to memorize the second paragraph of our nation's birth certificate, the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. And he w- he went on to say, not born equal, created equal Um, and again sort of referencing that he feels like there's there's no coincidences and god has ordained everything and we're we all have these rights and these rights they're not because we're americans they're they're because god created us this way um so another interesting fact which i as a as a budget person really liked mike johnson cares about the debt So he spent a little bit of time in his speech talking about our $33 trillion debt. He said it's our nation's, uh, it's the biggest national security threat that we face currently. He called for the creation of a bipartisan debt commission to look at solutions to deal with our fiscal problems. Now, I have to admit, as somebody who served and worked on the first fiscal commission back in 2010, I kind of laughed because it's like, well, we've been there, done that. But then, you know, I gave it a second thought. And look, we haven't done anything about the debt. It's like doubled since I was in Washington, it doubled while I was there. Um, It's not a bad idea. He's basically saying, let's try again.
0: We're going to break the fourth wall a little bit. Tell the truth. You've had people from Washington, D.C. that reached out as soon as he said this and asked if you would consider serving on this second debt commission.
1: That is true. They're, you know, nothing like a good sequel. Pull out the original actress. So, um yeah, that's true. Some people are, I have sort of the playbook, right? There's, it's not that there's a limitless list, list, but there, there's like a certain list of ways that you can fix the debt. You have to either raise money or cut spending. Those are the two big categories. And then there's big categories within those big categories. Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, discretionary spending, the Department of Defense. Um, so there's there's kind of like a set list of things that can be nuanced and triggered different ways to, to save more or less money. But um, yeah, a few people reached out. Hey, you want to take one for the team and help out the country? I didn't say no. It would be super interesting. I would love to help, which is one of the reasons I was sort of giving it a second thought, you know. um, I don't think it will solve all of our problems, but it's certainly, it's never a bad thing for there to be something that's going on all the time related to the debt so that people are at least talking about it. And I know when I was looking at running for the 7th Congressional District, the budget issue is one of my platforms and I had group after group say nobody cares about that issue anymore, which unfortunately has been true, but um, hopefully this new speaker will change that a little bit. And he even said during his speech that um, the national debt went up $20 million in the time it took him to deliver the speech, which was like 10 minutes. It's really shocking. Um, okay, last two. These are kind of silly, but the new speaker has a great head of hair. If you know me, you know,
0: that's one of your 10 things to know.
1: I'm really into hair. Uh, always have been. And fun fact that you won't know unless you worked in Washington speaker, former speaker, John Boehner was also obsessed with hair and he used to go around on the floor and point out different staffers and different members hair. He loved my hair. We had another person on our team that had, um, sort of a curly Afro and he was from Oklahoma, um, And Speaker Banner loved to give him a hard time about his hair. But the new Speaker has sort of that Southern swoop, which I'm not a huge fan of Southern Banks. But look, the guy's got nice dark hair with a few gray streaks. And it looks good. I like it. And then, you know, I've listened to a lot of political speeches in my day. And a lot of these guys use tired phrases and old cliches. And to Mike's credit he didn't use that many cliches i had written he didn't use any but then randomly he did let a classic slip in and he said something like adversity makes you stronger i nearly puked but i just don't like He's so harsh of <laughs> i know people. i just don't like cliches but i mean he, he generally speaking his he wife gave on a- an
0: airplane <laughs> and and in that time you had to write a speech and you want him to use zero cliches yes
1: zero be original be creative do something. We have your speech should be as interesting as your hair.
0: Years.
1: How do you be original in speeches? Everybody's already said it. Not true. I totally disagree. There's a million ways to say things. Um, but anyway, it was a fantastic speech. You don't need to watch it now. I've told you basically everything he said. Some of the other issues he brought up. He brought up the border. He brought up Israel. Um he he did sort of talk a little bit about american american exceptionalism he's like the world needs us to be the greatest country in the world um so it was it was a good speech and i have i don't have high hopes but i have hopes which is more than i've had in a long time
0: uh i wanted to 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 ask you um you know he's this is a guy who is jumping into the deep end of the pool never been in leadership um it, not known as a big fundraiser uh, and and has never really had to deal with, oh, suddenly you're going to have to ne- negotiate spending bills with the Senate, the president. We've got two foreign conflicts going on, of which a lot of people want to send, spend a lot of money on. How's he going to manage all that?
1: Uh, probably with the common sense of a normal human being. He has not been in Washington that long, and I love the fact that he has no real experience doing any of this i think one of the biggest problems is that the, the people who are there now they, they're sort of trapped in a process cycle of the way it is and they don't really see things like for the simplistic way that they could be approached and so i am hopeful he'll probably make some mistakes along the way um but i'm really hopeful that he's like yeah we're not going to do things the way we've always done them we're gonna we're just gonna do this the simple way that's my hope. What's who's
0: who's he listened to? Who's who's? I
1: don't know. I haven't gotten the scoop yet, but the people that reached out to me about the debt commission said, "When as soon as the dust settles, we'll have an understanding of like what's going on behind the scenes, and uh, you know how the debt commission is going to be set up and how his office is going to be run." He's already posted pictures with constituents from the speaker's office. He did talk about. He wants it to be like a transparent, open process. At the end of his speech, he said, I want to decentralize the power out of the speaker's office and put, um, you know, more power in the hands of the members. And who knows if that's true or not, but we have some talented people from Missouri. And so I am hopeful that people like Mark Alford and Jason Smith will be able to grab some of that decentralized power and do some good with it.
0: And Jason's already making waves, and then in in lieu of this, Mike or uh, Congressman Mark Alford announced he's going to run for vice chair of the conference, which is one of the lower level leadership spots. But I, but I yeah. think isn't that what Mike Johnson was in before he, he got to this role? Um, I think that I, spot came after open the RSC of job,
1: yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, that is the entry level to leadership, which is the perfect spot for someone like Alford who just will camp out learn. Be in the leadership meetings, you get one extra staffer, you get a little office space in the Capitol, and then you just go from there. Su-
0: super fascinating watching all this go on. What's the what's the tenor? You you talk to a lot of people in Washington DC. What do they say about Mike? Is he the real deal? Yes. I've heard He comes off t- very authentic.
1: Totally. Um I mean I think you actually said it best. I hate to give you credit. Um but you did say he might be like the Mike Pence of this Congress, and I think that's true, but with it, I wouldn't say more depth, but like a different type of depth. Um, but yes, everything I've seen from the staffers that I know personally who have worked with him, they all say he is a top-notch, class-act, nice guy, which is fantastic to hear.
0: Yeah, I it's... it's it- everybody that i've talked to has said sort of the same thing that he seems to be um, he's exactly what you exactly what you expect the person that he is on tv same person he is in person in in reality and that's that's good in washington dc okay that's all the threads you need to know or all the things you need to know about him joel's going to drop a thread here um, on social media if you want to go back and read all this information uh, her, her at her uh at, on her axe handle, jo- at Joel Cannon, Joel
1: M for money Cannon,
0: Joel M Cannon. That's what I meant. Coming up at five oh five, we're gonna have Jay Ashcroft join us to talk about his run for governor. But coming up next, we're gonna answer. We're gonna give our answers to the question today, the and then of course five thirty seven, the Snake Draft. We're gonna talk about our all time favorite public meltdowns. So much more to go. Stick
1: around for all that. Little fades and the walls won't hold Cause from then rubble What remains Can only be what's true If all was lost It's more I've gained Cause it led me back